Hey, welcome to the No Season 2 Podcast. I am one half of the No Season 2 Podcasters. My name is George, and of course, I'm always here with Megan. Every week, we are currently watching My So-Called Life. Megan, we are at episode 13, episode Pressure, original air date, December 1st, 1994. Before we get into this episode, a kind of, uh, I don't know, we'll talk about it. Uh, how are you doing? Um, I'm good. I'm in... Sort of like, it's still hot, but I'm sort of in fall mode. We watched a couple fall fall movies for us. We started with School Ties, and then we went to Higher Learning. So back to, wow. back to school <laughs> style movies. The thing I like about both of those movies, and I'll keep this brief, I like the fact that it's two movies in which there's like a bunch of people who aren't famous yet. Yeah, yeah. And a couple uh, people from School Ties also in you're learning so there is, yeah yeah uh yeah it was like uh i think cole hauser's in both yes and the guy that plays like rip van yeah. kelt is in, is in the movie. i mean it's not a it's not a light watch folks so yeah i would i mean if you hate michael rapaport which don't don't Folk, we all uh, folks do hate michael rapaport you might want to watch the movie i guess <laughs> it's been a while since i've seen both uh i saw i'm old enough to have seen higher learning in the theater Mm. Uh, and it was a theater I had to sneak into. So, <laughs> so I'm I'm old enough, but not old enough to have seen that movie in the theater. Okay. <laughs> My other point is, my parents were definitely not taking me to higher learning in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine if they did, it would have been a grave a grave error on their part, misunderstanding. When sure. <laughs> How was your week? My week was pretty uneventful. I. I saw one of my favorite bands on Thursday, which is Pavement. Mm. Uh, I am an old guy. It was fun. It's a great show, but I also had like a bit of a stomach issue. So I like after the show ended, I just went home because I, I guess I'm age appropriate to have gone to the show and to have felt upset from like a couple beers that I drank. <laughs> Forty. I'm in my mid forties, listeners. So he's saying that like uh, take yeah, some can, like Pepto. Exactly. Before Pepto I go to out. the concert. Yeah. A beer with a Pepto chaser. Yeah, no, I mean, this is going to be my life now from here on out that I actually cannot, cannot stomach. Like, I, I, have to, I have to eat well before I go out or drink something light or not drink at all. I'm drinking two days, which is, uh, it's amazing. Much like um, Rianne. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm in, I'm in detox like Rianne. Rianne has been, it's been, uh, I guess it's been sober for weeks. We're going to get into that. Uh, two, two weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's get right into the episode. Um, uh, we are coming off back to back bangers, episode 12, uh, which you did last week and episode 11, Life of Brian. I <laughs> that, Life of Brian. But, um, uh, episode 13, before you get into your synopsis, uh, like I said, I, and listeners know I usually watch every episode twice. Mm-hmm. Watch episode 13, Pressure on Friday, and watch it again the day before we jumped on this call. I'll tell you my thoughts in a second, but what did you think of this episode before we get into the nuts and bolts of it? I really liked this episode. I liked most of this episode. <laughs> I could have done without like Graham and Patty, but the teen stuff I really liked. It was also like painful to watch mm-hmm. a little bit with like the themes, which we'll get into, but it was. For me, it was a really great episode because it was, again, focusing on what I think we all re- remember from the show versus all mm-hmm. the stuff that we forgot, which was how much focus there is on her parents, which we must have all like blocked out from our right. minds. Well, I thought I liked it. I didn't love it. The second time I watched it, I felt like, um, well, the parent, the, the family stuff or the parent stuff, the adult stuff 
uh, was probably a little too much. <laughs> it, it very much felt like an episode. It felt like a thirty-something episode light. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like, like I I enjoyed some of the teen stuff, and then like, uh, of course, then like, was it was it different towards the adult situations? But as a whole, I the, the teen stuff felt a little forced mm. and i'm gonna get into that in just a second so why don't you go and give it a says the synopsis okay i'm sorry for how long the synopsis is i wrote it twice because the first one was like very short and then this one i feel like got a little there's a lot going on so jordan and angela's relationship i guess they've been in a relationship for like a week has advanced to the stage of him letting her practice driving in his car which they're doing during a school day in an abandoned parking lot. She's also not a very good driver. Um, so Jordan thinks that this would be a good time to suggest having sex in his car in between whatever class and geometry. And she seems a little taken aback and jokingly suggests that they should do it at her house while her parents are asleep. So what does Jordan do? He shows up at her house late at night because he thought she was serious. <laughs> what she was not, she said she was joking. Patty almost catches them in the kitchen and Jordan overhears Patty saying her and Graham need to meet him before he can go out with Angela. Needless to say, they don't have sex that night, but Jordan tells her about a house that Tino found that's been for sale for a very long time and at this point seems abandoned and it has eight bedrooms. He says that they should go Friday. The next day, Sharon shows up at Angela's house to return a dish that her mom had borrowed. Angela asks Sharon why her and Kyle broke up. Sharon says her beliefs, and Angela thinks she means her belief to remain a virgin, and asks how she told told him that she didn't want to have sex with him. But Sharon says that they did have sex constantly, and they broke up because she believed that he was being a butthead. The next scene is Angela's at the doctor getting her flu shot and tries asking about sex in a roundabout way. The doctor catches her drift and encourages the use of both a sponge and a condom. While this is going on, Graham has invited Hallie, the loud and obnoxious woman um, from his cooking class, and her fiance Brad to dinner. Jordan comes and picks up Angela for their abandoned house sex date, and Graham opens the door. Um, Jordan waits awkwardly in the kitchen with basically strangers, um, and they're all asking him questions about if he has a major, which I mean, in high school, you don't have a major. Angela tries to get Graham to not let her go with Jordan, saying that her mom hasn't met Jordan yet, and that was part of the deal. Graham clearly doesn't understand what is happening and says that she can go, and it's fine. At the house, they have to crawl through a window to get in, so already off to a great start. Turns out there are only three bedrooms and not eight. They're waiting awkwardly for a bedroom to become available when Angela sees Rayanne and she sort of uses being concerned for Rayanne's sobriety to leave. The next day, Sharon sees Rayanne in the bathroom and finds out that Jordan is mad that Angela won't have sex with him and that Angela might be scared to have sex with Jordan or just in general. So Sharon shows up at Angela's house with a VHS tape about intimacy and sex. So <laughs> this tape belongs to her parents and she is just borrowing it. They're watching it and Sharon says Angela can ask her anything and that if she does have sex with Jordan, she has to promise to use condoms. She tells Angela that she should just talk to Jordan about how she is feeling. Not great advice. Um, and... 
instead of shutting him out, which she has a tendency to do. She ends up borrowing Krakow's bike so she can go to Jordan's and explain herself. And instead of listening, Jordan is like, I knew this would happen and you're abnormal for not wanting to have sex with me. So she's obviously upset and leaves, but also leaves Brian's bike there. At home, she's shoving the VHS tape in her backpack when Graham comes into the bedroom. She drops the tape and says she doesn't want to talk about it. Earlier, Graham had actually found the tape under the bed because he had walked in sort of when Sharon, because they're watching it in her parents' bedroom. (laughs) He had walked in and they sort of kicked the tape under the bed. So when Graham found the tape, he thought it was Patty's, which I don't know why Patty would have this tape and not have ever watched it with Graham, but whatever. Right. Angela ends up leaving her backpack on the bus and the bus driver finds it and gives it to Brian, who she refers to as Curly, um, gives it to Brian and Ricky to return to her. They end up finding the tape and watching it together. It's just so, so awkward. After that, Ricky and Angela are talking in the bathroom and she says that she should have just had had sex with Jordan and that it would have been so simple. And Ricky tells her that maybe it shouldn't be so simple. Back at the Chase house, Brian comes over to return Angela's backpack and get his bike back. But when he finds out that she left the bike at Jordan's, he of course yells at her because he's constantly yelling at her. She doesn't yell back and he asks her why she's not yelling back and if something happened and she says that she's kind of sad about boys and how they only want one thing, which is obviously sex. Also, Graham is listening to all of this because he's pretending to nap on the couch. So that's super awkward. Brian claims that not all boys think about this, which Brian is a peeping Tom staring at women through his bedroom window. So obviously he's thinking about it. Who gets an erection from human touch? Yes. yes. So, which I will never recover from. <laughs> and he asks her if this is a problem that she's having. And she says that she thinks about it, meaning sex, all the time. And Brian is shocked because he doesn't think women are capable of thinking about sex, I guess. Jordan shows up to return the bike and Angela tries explaining herself again. He says that he won't hold it against her if her name comes up in conversation. And I think they broke up, but it's hard to say. So I kind of skipped over the parent stuff, but basically the woman, Hallie, wants to open a restaurant and have Graham be the chef. Of course, Graham and Patty are at odds over what to do. Obviously, Graham wants to do it and have Patty be supportive. But Patty is thinking about the financial burden and whether or not Graham is serious. So we got through it. We did. Uh, Some production notes from this episode. This episode is directed by Mark Piznarski. I believe how you pronounce his name. This is the third episode that he has directed. The two episodes before this, he directed Why Jordan Can't Read. Mm. And he also directed the Halloween episode. And this is the first and I believe only episode written by Ellen Herman, who is a TV writer who wrote for Melrose Place, Desperate Housewives, Jericho, Century City. Uh, that was then significantly other Chicago Hope, Doogie Hauser. So the only sort of teen show she wrote for was Doogie Hauser, which is a small child who is an adult, basically. Um, coming off the two bangers that we just had, again, I liked this episode. I didn't love it. I think what it is is like, all right, I'm going to try to handle this with some sort of grace, uh, considering we are talking about uh, teenagers on the TV show. But I can just do this and not sound like a complete scumbag. How far do you think Angela and Jordan had gone before the sex conversation gets brought up? It seems a little premature. It seems very premature, considering they've only been dating for like a week and he just started holding her hand like a week right. ago. I don't even... First of all, he's kind of like mauling her in the car, like just like straight in for 
a very aggressive kiss. I would say if anything's happening, it's like over the pants stuff and it's coming from Jordan or like over the top groping some boobs. I can't, it's hard to imagine Angela who's having, I guess, a crisis of whether or not to sleep with someone after a week of dating already doing stuff like, I don't know, under the pants stuff. <laughs> uh, for the listeners, I'm making faces like, oh, so I'm not, <laughs> like okay, all right. Um, uh, I was going to say this, like, in a way, it kind of mirrors the adult storyline in a sense, like, uh, because Graham, in essence, went from being a guy who worked for a print shop to unemployed to going to cooking school, sort of, then teaching a class to now mm-hmm. being asked to be a chef of a restaurant, even though he hasn't done anything to lead up to that. Yeah. It's sort of the same thing about Jordan relationship. It's like, they go from making out to now we're going to have sex. I feel like there's a lot of There's steps. a lot of steps missing. <laughs> there's a lot of steps Especially in with a restaurant. I mean, right. he has no restaurant experience, right? <laughs> Just because you can cook doesn't mean you can run a kitchen. Let's, exactly. be, let's be real here. Um, uh, one of the things I, I did find kind of interesting was like the uh, the Chase's uh, assistance on meeting Jordan. Yeah. Is that something that happened when you were growing up? To me personally, yeah. I was a late bloomer and I didn't date in high school. So <laughs> I didn't either. So. Meet anybody. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, I, I I didn't I didn't I didn't know how that how that resonated. I, I guess that resonates with some people, but for like for me, it for me. <laughs> at all. Yeah, we uh, we do get some new characters. Brief uh, one we know we 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 learn about, and then we get to meet. I'm gonna have a more more about that character in a moment, but we're gonna start with uh, Hallie's fiance, Brad, mm-hmm. played by Jonathan Emerson. I don't. There was not a whole lot about him, but he looks so familiar. I guess because he has like that sort of like white guy in a background face. Yeah, that yeah. he's he's Mr. Moneybags apparently and can finance yeah. this and doesn't seem at all weirded out by his wife or his fiance seemingly coming on to Graham. It's <laughs> in front of him. If you don't notice in that, then like you're not you're not paying attention. It's like she's got the energy of someone who's like, I know he's here, but I don't give a shit, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Which yes. is very a dangerous combination. We also get the bus driver. Who's now my favorite person because she's calling yeah. Brian Curly. I don't know. Uh, it was played by Momo Yoshimi, who was in uh, it was in MASH. I didn't, I didn't watch mm. MASH, but I saw that this is MASH. Dr. Skolonik, who still acts, mm. played by Terry Hoyos, uh, was on a TV show called Chrysalie. And uh, 911, which is a show on CBS, which I think is still on the air. And, uh, of course, uh, a person I'm going to be talking about a lot here coming up. Uh, Cynthia Hargrove, mm. who we know uh, did have sex yeah. with Jordan. Yes. Uh, and that's played by Sarah Ann Morris, who was in a movie called The Replacements, an episode of Curvy Enthusiasm. Uh, and she still has to say, just like kind of a bit player. But uh, I've got a lot, I've, I've got a thoughts about Cynthia Hargrove. This is one of the few episodes that I remember from watching in high school. Okay. Uh, because just one thing that happened. I'm in English classes my junior year, and uh, there was this girl in my class, Malia Miller. Shout out to Malia Miller. She sat, I think, when I was in the classroom. But I remember uh, Malia Miller. This is funny what you remember from 29 years ago, what you don't. Remember Malia Miller saying in class, I would have fucked him. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like the, one of the few things I remember about watching this in real time in 1984 was <laughs> Malia Miller's uh, comment saying that I would have fucked him in class. So I'm sure she will be thrilled that this is being repeated. <laughs> <laughs> She's fine. She's doing great. I think she lives in Atlanta. She's married with children. 
Uh, I want to talk about individual scenes uh, on the show because, like, um, it seems like in the past few weeks that Angela and Sharon, yeah, they haven't yes. they haven't become like the friends like they were, but they become like the friends like they are now. So, uh, what did you think of their scene? The two scenes that they had together. I actually, I really liked those scenes. I especially liked the one in the bedroom when they're watching that like weird like unerotic um intimacy tape and angela says something there's like an invisible line dividing girls who've had sex and girls who haven't and we're looking at each other across from it and sharon you know says you can ask me you can ask me anything and then sharon says once you do it it's not really sort of special after that. And you're just doing it kind of even regardless of whether or not you're interested in doing it. So basically, she felt sort of, I'm getting the sense she felt obligated to have sex with Kyle, even though maybe she didn't, there were times that she didn't want to that mm-hmm. much. Cause that's like, that was kind of like, I think the thread in, in that sentence. And then Sharon says, I think Angela says, like, did you feel different afterwards? And Sharon says, like, I looked at myself in the mirror, like, trying to see if I look different. And she asked Angela if she looked different. And Angela said no. And I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Oddly enough, I, I find I found every beat of that scene to be pretty engaging, very well written. I like the way she said about, like, is to be expected, even if I didn't didn't yeah. necessarily want to. Yeah, that's what um, she said, yeah. Uh, I thought that was a pretty well-written scene. We got a lot of good, like, I don't know if it was like one-on-ones or mm-hmm. that was my favorite part of the episode. Is like a sort of like this person versus this person. And I've got, I've got a mention to that. There is, there is a scene of course with Jordan when he meets uh, Graham and then Graham and Hallie and Brad. Yes. And that's, that's a very, that's the energy scene. That's probably the only time I actually kind of laughed in one of the episodes. In the- yeah. When they asked him if he had a major and he said, I don't think so. I guess I would have gotten a letter. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, I don't, I don't know what was going on when Brad went to high school, but you don't major in anything in high school. I think and, he asked him that because he clearly looks like somebody who's fucking in college and not yeah. in high school. He's <laughs> like, he's like Graham's letting his, his 15 year old <laughs> daughter date this 22 year old. <laughs> <laughs> so Patty comes home after Jordan's already been there and she's she says i can't believe i wasn't here and i didn't get to meet him and she's asking graham to describe jordan uh, graham's like and can't even do that <laughs> like he was almost like left his body when jordan was sure. in his presence and hallie says i can't believe you're asking a man to describe someone i'll describe him for you and she said something like a stray dog <laughs> like he's like a stray puppy not unintelligent but dangerous because he's so good looking she wasn't wrong i I pulled up like the transcript of this because here's what he's like fairly out of it not unintelligent sort of um stray puppy you know the type you're always trying to ease their pain he may even be a halfway decent person but let me tell you trouble way too gorgeous she's i mean she wasn't wrong (laughs) She's wrong, she is like so. super spot on. She's a she's a homewrecker in waiting, but we know that like <laughs> at, least, at least she's got that right. Trouble recognizes trouble. There is a scene. Uh, this is another uh, episode in which like uh, I was actually okay with the Ray presence. I found her to be kind of amusing. Mm, I found her to be really annoying. <laughs> 
Really? This episode? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the scene in the bathroom when the two girls were talking about having sex and they clearly hadn't. Yeah. And Rand was talking about uh, having sex and then like, uh, or talking about uh, like an encounter. Yeah. Uh, with Mickey Rourke. <laughs> Uh, a sex scene. Yeah. Which, oddly enough, what she's describing is a scene from the movie Nine and a Half Weeks. Okay. Starting Haven't Mickey seen Rourke it. And, Kim, and Kim Basinger. I have seen it. It's a something. Pornographic. <laughs> no, it's kind of, it's an Adrian Lyon movie. Uh, and if you know anything about Adrian Lyon movies, they're kind of like this erotic mm. thriller, like Fatal Attractions, the Adrian okay. Lyon movie. And so is, what's that hot one with uh, Diane Lane and uh, Richard Gere? Unfaithful. Mm. Big unfaithful fan. Is this when Mickey Rourke was still hot, right? This is when, when Mickey Rourke, this is like peak Mickey Rourke hot. Okay, yeah. This is like right. 86. <laughs> like he is, he's like his apex of just complete hotness. Yeah. And this is like, Kim Basinger on the way up to, and the, the sex scenes are kind of like they're, I mean, they're simulated, but they look pretty darn real. It's called Nine and a Half Weeks, Adrian Lyne. Uh, but she's describing a scene from that, from that movie, which I, which I found it and using his name. When they're leaving, the girls go, does Mickey Rourke go to the school? Because well, <laughs> they don't know that Rihanna's full of shit. That she's full of crap. Yeah. It's funny, like, um, there's times when you watch this show, it's like, oh, that's clearly written by somebody who's probably in their 20s. <laughs> and there's and there's, uh, there's times you're like, that's clearly written by somebody who's in their 30s. And that scene was clearly written by somebody who was in their 30s. Because that movie came out in 86, so that would have been eight years prior to the events of my so-called life. Um, uh, there's another scene in the, of uh, this person versus this person. And I'm not talking about the second Angela versus Brian. I'm talking about the first one in which she borrows the bike. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that she was... Oh, she was working him. Yeah, okay, all right. I'm just making yeah. sure. <laughs> no, she was working him. So she goes and says, like, my sister... She goes out... First of all, Brian's just riding in circles in the street, like, and staring at the chase hound, which is, like weirdo behavior if you want my opinion why is it more people talking about how bizarre that is yeah angela comes out first of all also angela's wearing like snow boots and there is snow snow on the ground right. which was weird um she says danielle borrowed my bike and then she's about to ask if she can borrow his and then she says oh you know what i'm always doing this i'm always asking you for something that's just like completely i shouldn't be asking you for and like you're so like nice that you won't say anything and i'm gonna stop doing it and she kind of turns around and like a little bit turns her head to like the side and then you see brian get off his bike and it was like so, like he got worked he oh got totally worked. it's totally the first time i watched it i was like oh brian you sucker you went <laughs> you went full like oh what if i do this and blah 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 blah, blah, blah. there is a uh yeah no i found that i found that to be kind of a uh, amusing Okay, we're at the portion I want to get to. I want to talk about Cynthia Hargrove <laughs> and quite possibly one of the funnier scenes that uh, we've had in an episode of My Soul Call Life. Um, uh, Cynthia Hargrove, as I already mentioned, the scene in which uh, the bathroom, in which a very actually kind of a cool Ricky scene, yeah, which is describing what your first time should be like. Like a miracle. Right. Image. <laughs> I don't know how many people out there experience that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, again, a TV show probably written by somebody in their 30s. Cynthia Cargrove emerges from the bathroom and she's like uh, talking about how sweet that was. And in a complete reversal, she asks uh, Angela, did you still work at Big Guy Burgers? Which really made me spit out my drink. I <laughs> Which I was like, oh man, I, why, why can't we have more Cynthia Hargrove? Uh, on the show 
And uh, at the beginning, though, Rayanne is saying because they show Cynthia Hargrove and Rayanne is like, oh, you can't make a nose ring your personality type. It seemed like Rayanne was a little jealous of Cynthia Hargrove. I think there's some definitely like some uh, Sandy versus uh, Rizzo kind of thing going on <laughs> between the two of them. I can't believe I just pulled that reference out of my ass. That would be <laughs> Cynthia Hargrove, if I'd met her when I was in like high school, I would have committed some crimes because I, I liked her very much. Would have been like, I, I gotta, I gotta be with this. The smoking. The nose ring. The nose ring, the black leather jacket. That's just catnip for me. Just more and more. more. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been like, who is this person? I want to be with her. She sounds fucking rad. And you would have ridden your bike in a circle around her. <laughs> Around her house, yes, yes. That would have been a big Cynthia Hargrove head over it, over, over the George Gordon place. Let's talk about our favorite fits of this week. I'll just go ahead and say it. Cynthia Hargrove. That black leather jacket really did it for me. I was like, yeah, yeah. That's finally. actually my favorite outfit. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote, I wrote down leather, leather biker jacket, like the t-shirt underneath, and then like light yep. denim jeans. Oh, no, I was way into it. I mean, like other ones that are on the list, I was not that interested in, but I want to mention them. Uh, Brad's V-neck, mm-hmm. which, I, which I thought was kind of amusing, but he had it over a like no collar shirt, which I, I hate those shirts. You know the shirts that guys wear? It's like, like, it's like half, half collar. Like yeah. a half collar? Oh, that shirt sucks. I actually like, I like Graham's flannel. I, I have that on my list, too. I like that, too. <laughs> I was like, oh, Graham. You pulled one out this week. Yeah, but I mean, it pales in comparison to, to Cynthia Hargrove, who in essence may be like kind of like the opposite of, not the opposite, but like a cooler version of Rayanne, which is where mm. the hate comes from. Because like she has sex, but she's not like flaunting it. Yeah. She's like, she probably, probably parties, but there isn't, like, there isn't ODing. You know what I mean? <laughs> isn't like, getting her like stomach pumped. Yeah, she's probably like a cooler version of Rayanne. A more put together version of Rayanne. Exactly. <laughs> but also just to dim. Did you sort of, uh, Big Guy Burgers. I don't know if there's a lot to choose from for a loser this week. Jordan. We have we have to we have to choose one. Who is your big loser this week? Jordan. Yeah, it, it is. Jordan. I mean, first of all, when she goes to his garage, he's dressed like a gas station attendant in his own garage, and she starts trying to explain. He was like, "This is why I didn't want to start anything with you." And she was like, why? Because like you want, like you just thought we were going to have sex or whatever. And then he's like, yeah, that's what people are supposed to do. Blah, blah, blah. If you don't want to do it, you're abnormal. Right. Which is just like, I don't know. It's like you've been dating for a week. You barely started holding her hand, dude. The, uh, now that we are 29, almost 30 years removed from the original air date of this show, if a writer or a writer's room was to rewrite this scene, what do you think they would change? That's like, I don't, honestly, I feel like they would change it to make him understand. Unless it's like, if it's on network television, mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like they're going to change it sort of to make him understand. I don't think, I don't It's been a while since I've watched a teen show. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like with this kind of problem. But I can't imagine, unless they're going for just to have a character, like a guy character be like the absolute worst person he can be, they're going to leave it the same. But I think if they want to have some kind of like redemption for this character, they have to change it to make it so 
he's at least not calling her abnormal for not, for not wanting to have. Um, I, I think that's the only part I probably would change. It's funny, like one of my favorite movies of all time is a uh, high fidelity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a 36 by 24 frame movie poster of it. Uh, and there are parts of that movie that hasn't, for lack of a better, I guess, sentence, it hasn't aged well. And there's a scene in which he's like, he's in high school and he's singing about this girl that he went out in high school and they're making out. And of course, he's like trying to make it go a little further. Later on, the scene is like, uh, like, like it's going to go anywhere anyway. Like yeah. He's like basically doing being Jordan. And that movie is from like maybe eight or nine years later. So I guess it probably has like aged appropriately to be yeah. like, I mean, the, I mean, like, the people oh. are people are like this. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> this isn't sure. like, you know, men, boys have changed. No offense, guys have changed like dramatically. <laughs> I think there's like a little more understanding about a, a tiny bit more minuscule bit yeah. about consent and like enthusiastic consent and like no means no and yes means yes kind of thing. And I don't know. I mean, Jordan, it's really the English teacher's fault for reading that fucking poem in last week's episode. Because if you didn't read that poem, I really doubt that like if anything would have like sparked in Jordan's brain, like the little kindling that's in there would have just like just died down. <laughs> like I don't think we would have ended the episode with him like holding hands. They're just like such a weird match to me in general. Oh, I think so too. That like, yeah, I guess I can understand like why she has a crush on it. Why? If I take myself back to that time, <laughs> I can understand why she has a crush on him, but I don't understand. No offense to Angela, but I'm not sure what is interesting him in Angela. Because if he already said, I knew, like, I knew this is why I didn't want to do, like, get, basically get into a relationship with you. So what are we doing here? What are we doing here, folks? Yeah, no, I mean, it's like we know, well, you and I know that uh, I don't know if our listeners are paying attention. Like you and I know that Jordan is like 19 or 20. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just, what is he doing with a 15 year old anyway? He's already going to the bars. He's already going to get in the clubs. I mean, like we, I, I think a larger conversation needs to be about Jordan Catalano. Why is being, he still in high school? Well, I mean, there's a lot of that, but like, <laughs> it's like, and I think that's may have been something that's probably poorly written by the writers. I think if we could, I was a reboot this. I would probably, I'd make him older, but not like five years older. Cause then that's just, that's how old, how much older he is. Like a senior. I mean, I guess technically he's like, he's a sophomore, right? He's in the same grade as her, right? Yes. But he's been held back twice. twice. So you're like 15 or 16 when you're a sophomore, depending. Right. So he's either 17 or or 18. 17 or 18? Yeah. Or 19, 20, 21. (laughs) All right. Well, when your role models, Tino, Who's yeah. dating Rayanne? This is allegedly and where you never, we never see. Yeah, so I mean, there's, there's. I think that's part of the reason why it takes me out of this episode a little bit is because like it just seemed to sort of just ramp up to a way that I'm like that seems it it accelerated kind of too fast. It did, yeah, and it ended abruptly. So like, I guess, yeah, I guess I don't know, I don't know. All right, so we talked about. The bad, which is Jordan, is a bad, bad, bad Jordan episode. Uh, let's give the people some goods. Uh, who's your big winner of this episode? I have two. Okay. Sharon and Ricky are my big winners. Just because they provided Angela some advice and also somewhat willing to listen 
to what she was going through, what she had to say, which she needed. So uh, I have two as well, only because like uh, I feel like I talked about her way too much. <laughs> Cynthia Hargrove, holler at your boy. Uh, I'm in Brooklyn, New York. Thirty years later, if you ever want to get a get a time machine, I'll travel back to you. Or you travel forward to me, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> My other big winner is Dr. Skolnick, oh. who knew what time it was, but she was like dancing around like the, the very obvious question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because Angela's and, like uh, some st- statistics <laughs> about, <laughs> about what people are actually doing. Yeah. I mean, so you don't hear are... about the sponge anymore, really. You hear about the sponge in Seinfeld and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need a second. <laughs> You're not sponge worthy. Jordan is not sponge worthy. If not we're gonna be worthy. honest here, Megan, this was a pretty much free needle drop episode. So yeah. I'm gonna talk about any music that I'm gonna remember from this episode. Let's shout out the music from the very, very was. It, is that a sex tape? Or is it like a it's like a erotic sex tape? It was like an instructional intimacy. If your sex if your sex life is routine and mechanical, which Graham thinks that his is, then, so we'll we'll go ahead and shot the music tape. up. You do shot because we we hear it more than once. Uh, <laughs> we hear it three times. It's like so. We're gonna shout out the music to the erotic sex tape. You know what's funny in my feeble mind? <laughs> I when I was watching the show and I have Hulu with ads. I was like, I'm watching it and I'm like, why is there an ad for this? Not realizing that the first, like, that was part of the episode. Part of the episode. <laughs> You're like, what did I do to get targeted this ad? It's like, did I, did I mess something up? <laughs> Why is Gross. this happening? Yeah. We skipped over like one part, which is Brian and Ricky watching that, the VHS intimacy video. And they're, I think they're watching it at school in a darkened they are classroom. At school, yeah. And Brian says, my parents have a vibrator. It sounds like a lawnmower. Very funny. And then Ricky says, I wish I could pull off bicycle shorts, which might be my most favorite line <laughs> in the series so far. If Ricky can pull off bicycle shorts. There's just no doubt about that. <laughs> Everybody knows. this. Like, and like, I could have gone my whole life without knowing that Brian's parents have a vibrator and that he knows about it and that he's heard it. Yeah. I'd like it erased. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to, nobody wants, it's like, lawnmower, come on. <laughs> oh, I guess 94. We are six episodes away from ending. We don't know whether or not Jordan and uh, Angela are broken up. Have, uh, are broken up. So what is your prediction for next week's episode? I'll be curious to see if they're actually broken up, because he did say, I'll see you tomorrow, which could mean anything, really. So I don't know about that. I think there's like a little, I know that Angela used Rianne as an excuse, like kind of made up an excuse, but I almost feel like that's foreshadowing some more Rianne problems, Mm -hmm. which I'm like, girl, I don't know. (laughs) I kind of liked a less Rianne episode. Of course. Uh, (laughs) More Cindy Hargrove. I'm uh, just joking. Just joking. Am I joking? Um, uh, not. I'm not joking. I don't know what what come next. I mean, like again, the adult storyline is, of course, is going to ramp up to some degree, and of course, the uh, 
I don't know what's like going forward because like I don't know. I couldn't tell if they're broken up or not. It's like yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> Does Angela know either? No, it's like so. It's like this is a fifteen-year-old. <laughs> the only person that knows is Jordan. <laughs> I think Jordan's done. Jordan's like, yeah, I'm out. I mean, if he I was can't, trying if to, he can't get in her pants, you know. Yeah. He's not interested. <laughs> yeah, put out or get out, Angela Pogo. He's fucking um, kicking her out of his car. Yeah, no, it's like it's like yeah, opens the Boot door to for the her back. The inside, get out. <laughs> so, well, well, we shall see. Um, uh, I think we covered it. Any, anything else? Want to get into? I don't know. It's just, it's depressing. The whole thing is depressing. Where it's like you feel pressured, even if you are not ready, and. You've got people in your ear saying one thing and then mm-hmm. you're being called abnormal. And mm-hmm. I don't, I didn't, it was sad to me. It was a little sad. It felt real in terms of sure. like the pressures that t- teens feel. And like, if, if it's not happening for you, like maybe, maybe you are abnormal. And like, I think that got into a little bit. And I, at the end, Angela, there's a voiceover with Angela riding the bike whether or not it's her own or Brian's, but she says, people always say you should be yourself. Like yourself is this definite thing, like a toaster or something. Like you can know what it is even. But every so often I'll have like a moment where being myself and my life right where I am is like enough. Right. She found maybe a little bit of peace at the end of the episode. <laughs> I think so. I think there's one of the things that I'll give the writers credit for and the episode credit for is like the juxtaposition of Jordan, who is an adult, he's a fully formed adult, <laughs> driving around in a car, you know what I mean? Yeah. And Angela, who is a teenager on her way to adulthood, but not an adult yet, yeah. riding a bicycle. Yeah. I mean, it's like that, that metaphor was, was not lost on me. Also, whether or not it was on purpose, but I did kind of appreciate that she didn't have sex with him and she felt too. okay with her decision so did I. versus having sex with him. And like regretting it because we see that I always bring this up, but like 90210, Brenda has sex with Dylan and then they got a lot of pushback from that. And so they had to make it like, you know, maybe she's pregnant. And then there's like, they break up, they had to break them up. So I like that there wasn't that added layer of we did it and now we got to walk it back, maybe mm-hmm. kind sure. of thing. <laughs> they walked it back before they did. <laughs> exactly. Are we conservatives? Did that just happen? <laughs> I'm all for that. I won't say what I was going to say, but if you're, if you feel ready, then I don't know, do whatever. But I do appreciate that they had a storyline that she made her own decision and it wasn't coming from her parents or anybody else but herself, I think. And yeah. knowing that maybe Jordan isn't the person that you should lose your sure. virginity to. Because it'll push she, you out of his car. Maybe maybe Angela's not as rebellious as she thinks she is. So Oh, she's definitely not. <laughs> no, she's like... <laughs> not in that rain jacket and snow no. boots where there's snow no snow. <laughs> yeah, on a bicycle. On a bicycle, everyone on a bicycle. <laughs> so I forget about that. They're all got on a bicycle. But this house on a bicycle. So yeah. just put that out there. Well, folks, that has been episode 13, <laughs> the aptly titled Pressure. We have been uh, the No Season 2 Podcast, and we will see you guys next week. Thanks, all. <laughs>